welcome to episode 15 of Mortally Wounded. I'm your host, Chris Welfare. And I'm your co-host, James Mabry. Yay! Hey, hey everybody! <laughs> James is back, like, actually back now. Yeah, back again, like, back, back. I'm like the John Farnham Back once again, podcasting. like the Renegade Master. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, time Time at sea has come to an end, um, thankfully. It's been, uh, it's been a, a wild ride, but, um... Yeah, a lot of travelling over the last couple of years. I've uh, been to some pretty cool places, but um, yeah, a bit tired of um, being away from from Sam, from the wife, and um, from the hobby, and from all you guys. Um, I'm really looking forward over the next year to catch up with you all on the on the tournament scene, and um, yeah, and on this podcast as well. We're hopefully going to be uh, doing a lot more regular uh, recordings, so uh, we'll look at uh, sort of keeping our episodes a bit shorter rather than doing like the massive three-hour <laughs> marathon, marathon episodes. episodes every few uh, every few months yeah um <laughs> yeah we've got we've got some better microphones now so hopefully the sound quality is better um because we are going to be recording through skype all the time now i think because obviously james is moving down to canberra so we won't be able yeah. to meet up in person very often but i think that will actually mean that we record more regularly so um yeah we're yeah. going to aim to we're going to aim to probably record every fortnight if not once a month, well once a month if not fortnightly so yeah yeah we'll try and put some much more regular content out there for you guys yeah absolutely there's a, a massive year um of age of sigma ahead i think <laughs> looking at the calendar uh for all the events that have been popping up um it's there's going to be a ton of stuff to cover over the next year and a whole bunch of new releases and new armies and Solnesh, beastmen who's going to be the next big hotness yeah, it's going to be yeah all change with every book. So uh, yeah, and there'll be a heap more armies, I'm sure, through the year that we don't even know about yet, which will be really cool. So uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be awesome. Cool. Very excited. Glad to be back. Yes, <laughs> I'm glad to have you back. So yeah. should we kick into a little bit of hobby progress? What have you been up to, James? Well, um, I've been working on uh, my list for CanCon. So I've got a couple of ideas I've been throwing around. One's sort of a a low model count, fun, you know, inverted commas, fun list, but uh, it'll probably get shot to pieces and won't be able to dominate on objectives. So no, I kind of have there's to... No, there's no shooting anymore. No one takes shooting. Shooting's gone, apparently. Well, I don't know. I don't know. After um, after seeing those that triple ballista filth, uh, you know, oh, yeah. carve its that's way a, across the about, tables. That's about the only shooting, though, is, yeah, ballistas. But once, yeah. they, once, they, get, once they get a good 40-point hike... Uh, then there'll yeah. they'll be less of them, hopefully. Yeah. So I've got an idea for a list to do that, and the other list is uh, the more traditional sort of current death list, but um, I, I don't want to be one of those... a death player that's just throws 30, 40 Grimgast Reapers across the table. I'm sort of... I think I'm done painting Ethereal. <laughs> like, uh, I just painted 20 Chain Rasps, and I think I'm going to stop there. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll paint some more characters and things like more oh, nightmare characters. You're stopping at twenty. I've got sixty. You can paint if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, I think my <laughs> my ethereal painting, like bulk ethereal painting days, are, are over. I'm just I'm so sick and tired of um of the Coelia Green Shade Lamian Medium blending. Like it's just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> but um, oh, just, no, just I'm pretty happy. With... Just talk to Ash and Dan, and they'll just tell you. Apparently, you just basically chuck your models into a pot of Drucci Violet. Apparently. To paint your ethereal nighthawk. <laughs> so uh, yeah, apparently oh, it takes no, no, time, easy. no time. No time and no skill at all. Apparently. 
if only I could do that myself. Like, I, I, part of me wishes I could just do like a quick fix, but I just I'm a sucker for punishment, so yeah. I, I yours, can't. Yours is like properly painted ethereal, not just washed ethereal. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I I try, but um, I did enjoy painting them though, and the result at the end, I'm very very happy with it. Like, so who knows? I might end up painting some more. But yeah, um, they look awesome. I'd love to see you paint. Like, I'd love to see your take on like a Linda though. Yeah, she's. I think I will. Like, I do have the the black coach, and I will paint some. Like, yeah, some more characters, and I think Alinda is definitely one uh, to paint and yeah, try some new sort of techniques and things like that. So, yeah, uh, no, it's not. It's not all over for me and, and um, ethereal or night haunt, but um, just yeah, I don't think I'll be pumping out you know two thousand points of it anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so I finished finished uh, those. Um, and I'm just finishing off my four Morgast archive with Spirit Halberds. So I've I've just finished the their bone. So I've kind of done like a obsidian sort of bone colour and I'm just working on the armor now. I've done the halberds and the ethereal parts. So I've kind of blended the halberds as well. Um similar to the I've already got two um built and painted, so I'm following the same formula but um, I think they look a little bit differently because it's that was about two years ago that I painted my first two Morgas. So hopefully my painting skills have increased since then. But um, yeah, so yeah, I'm just about to do the armor and basing. Got some um, got some of those like uh, wrecked ruined shrines from Rob Hawkins um, blog blogspot. I don't know if any death plays out there or any, any hobby buffs in um, know of Rob, but yeah, he's got a fantastic blogspot there and all sorts of um, tips for painting and, and what he has. He casts and um, sells his own um, uh, grave sites and shrines and things like that. Um, and so I've got, I've got some of those. Um, so I've been doing some basing with that. So just some more guys, I've got sort of perching off the top of them. Um, so hopefully uh, they'll get me some painting love CanCon next year. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment with my hobby progress. Uh, lots of plans for uh, terrain. So I've got I've got enough terrain to bring to CanCon uh, if I run out of time, but I would like to try and get another three pieces um, sorted, uh, ready to go. So I've got some plans. I think I've got a numinous oculum, um, some Azerite ruins, arcane ruins. I've got a, I bought a my first um, Citadel wood. <laughs> Your first I've, actually, one, I've done eight. My first I've done eight of them. <clears throat> <laughs> I know. I was actually debating with myself. I was thinking like maybe I should um do a sit of wood with the leaves and glue the trees onto the base. Oh, renegade, <laughs> renegade choice, James. You'll, if you can, no one want to go in there. <laughs> if you can transport it delicately, fine. But yeah. if, if you can't, you will just wish you never bothered with the leaves. Yeah, they look so nice though. Like I'm, I remember seeing um, oh, the other day. I think Dan was um, putting up posts of a game he was having at Warhammer World, and that had a lot of woods on there and with with the the leaves. And I thought, oh, they look really cool. So yeah, the I'll War- try. The, I'll... the Warhammer World ones are crazy as well because it's not just like a few leaves. They're like massive circle, like bushy ones. Yeah, There's so many leaves on there. I don't know how they did it to be honest, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's pretty much been my hobby progress and um, plans. Just all gearing up for CanCon. Um, really looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. Nice. You taking, what about yourself? You taking oh. Legion of Blood to CanCon? 
Uh, Legion of Blood is yeah what I'm writing at the moment. So um, I was looking at doing a Legion of Sacrament um, outside the box though, not a Rustfield build, but um, stick like with, uh, stick with your guns, do Legion of Blood. You've always loved yeah. it. Yeah, I just I love the minus one bravery across the whole army more than the extra attacks on um, Blood Knights and the Vampire Lords. I just I think uh, it's a great um, platform to, in my opinion anyway, um, to like build a, a, a debuff. Yeah. Sort of list because yeah, you can effectively if you if you build it right, you can be debuffing in some way um, in every phase of the game, and I think that's um, yeah. kind of cool. Well, I, I mean, like yeah, you, you combine it with the banners and archai, and immediately you're minus three. Some of the endless, yeah. some of the endless spells like the jewels, I think, give yep. more wounds and minus one bravery. So yeah, yep, brave can... tide. There's geminids. <clears throat> there's um, so many options you can do to build on that. And then, of course, with the spell choices, um, Spirit Gale for the Vampire. I know that's it's probably an underly, underused one, but every time I've used it, I've always had great results with it. Like, you always get something out of it, um, yeah. whether it's a, a couple of mortal wounds or a minus one or to hit or to wound. Like Okay, yeah, that's really cool. Um, I haven't really been doing a lot, to be honest. Certainly no painting. Um, I didn't have to... I, I took a master's list because... I just chose stuff that meant I didn't have to um, paint anything because I just kind of couldn't be bothered. Um, yeah. So I... Uh, well, you've been painting pretty furiously um, recently anyway, so in preparation for that. Yeah, I had Weren't for... Weren't you? Um, not for Masters. I feel like I've been painting a lot for... I painted quite a lot of Dryads and stuff for Gods of War, and then I painted another 50 Dryads ready for the Teams event, so... I was kind of like, I, th- I oh, bas- yeah. I've basically got everything. Oh, and six Colonel Thunders. So I was like, okay, I've p- kind of got everything I would need yeah. now now for a list done. So I just wrote a list with everything, using stuff that I had painted. Oh, and I did a phoenix, my Frost Phoenix Rider as well for the team's event. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the kind I, of um, that looks like you've done a bit of nonmetallic metal sort of work on that, like with the brown sort of armor. Don't be silly. It's what looks like. It's what looks know. like in the photos, man. It's, I haven't it, seen it. Up. I haven't seen it in person. No, so. that, that's just gold. That's actually me- metallic metal. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand color theory to be able to even attempt non- non-metallic metals. I know that all the metallics are metallics. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I did him, and I'm actually pretty pleased with him. But um, I kind of just didn't want to paint anymore. So I guess I've done that though. Like doing the phoenix was cool. I rebased it because um, I. He was one of the few models I had painted from stuff for the old world. So I rebased him onto a round, which I made the oval base. I got some wheels paving and cut it, oh, cut, yeah. Yeah. cut two sections kind of to the oval and then filed it all down and um, painted it. I'd, I had this scheme in mind for ages that I wanted to do, which was um, kind of dark grey slate with snow and blood. And nice. I, I've never used snow before, but it's been something I've wanted to do snow basing for a while. And yeah. like bright blood on white snow, I've just like the contrast, I think it looks amazing. And then I saw Dan Say's um, Ogres at Slaughter and he'd done exactly the scheme that I wanted to do on basing, which is like dark grey, stoned snow and blood. And it just looked awesome. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. So I yeah, just, cool. I've decided I'm going to kind of do that basing across generally my elves so um kind of the eldritch council stuff so a while mm-hmm. back i built up four of the island of blood sets so i've got 40 plastic sword masters um and then i've got kind of the archmage and some lore masters from the old island of blood set 
Um, and nice. I, I got some... I think they're from Renedra. They're like plastic um, paving stone base toppers. Um, they don't mm-hmm. f- they don't fit on Games Workshop bases because their Games Workshop bases are kind of beveled. They're slightly tiered, so the bottom yeah. the bottom of a GW base is exactly twenty five mil, but the top is smaller. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, these plastic base toppers were exactly twenty five mil, so you couldn't put them onto a GW base. But Clint had um, a pile of MDF bases that he wasn't using i think that he'd got from rebasing stuff for a while ago that he was no longer using so he was a legend and just sent me down the kind of 40 of that i needed and a couple more for the characters so yeah that's something i did ages ago with this kind of intent in mind that when i get around to painting them up and kind of just pull together my eldritch council stuff that would be the basing so yeah i kind of got the phoenix and that was I had to use Will's paving to make the same kind of slate because they didn't do base toppers in that big oval size. So I had to get Will's paving and cut it down and make a base. But it's turned out pretty good. I'm pretty happy with it. And um, yeah, the 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 blood looks cool. I've been um, something that I experimented with when I painted my gut rot spume and my blight kings. That for when I started doing the Nurgle stuff for the Tale of Four gamers that we were going to do that failed miserably, um, but I did <laughs> I did I did paint those units and I um I kind of tested out the like slime technique so I got some yep. some glue just kind of standard um just general purpose kind of glue that if you blob a load out and then kind of get a um like a cocktail stick and pull it back and forth you can kind of make strands of it. Okay. Um, yeah. So I I just done that kind of between the weapons like and gut rot spumes tentacles, and then just got the Nurgle's rot technical paint and just literally oh Nurgle just put some on that um Nurgle-ize and it, it and it it looks awesome <laughs> as slime but I kind of thought you know what I can use the exact same technique for blood so yeah. um I kind of did it back and forth between the phoenix's claws and then I did some drips off the the stone onto the ground just with the glue and then went over the top of it with blood for the blood god super quick and easy to do like no skill needed but it looks awesome so i'm really kind of like yeah that's what i'm gonna do i'm thinking i'm gonna do it across like all my witch elves and stuff when i paint them like i'm gonna paint their weapons and then do strands of blood between like the daggers and swords and then just cover them (laughs) like just it'll just add color and they'll be like running on snow with blood flicks and I think it'll look really cool. So that'll look great. Yeah, yeah I, I guess that's a bunch of hobby that yeah I, I had done. Um, but recently now now I've got no events to paint for. I'm not painting anything. I'm just kind of building all of my models. I think I've decided. Um, yeah. So I've nearly finished building all of my KO. I've just got two more gun haulers to go, and then I've built all of them. So I've got sixty Arcanauts, ten Thunderers, bunch of characters, Brock. Um, and then a frigate and three gun haulers. So I've done a frigate and one gun hauler. So I've just got two more gun haulers to go, and then I've record, I've um, built all of the KO. So, um, nice. and then I think I'm going to move on. I'm going to build all my Seraphon, and then I think I'll get out the all the other bits of Stormcast because I've still got a Star Drake sitting in there on Sprue, and um, <laughs> eight, I've still got six more Drakoth Cav. Not that you see oh, them. <laughs> not that you see them anymore. But then also I've got a bunch of the new stuff. So I've got 18 Castigators, 20 Sequiturs. So um, yeah, I think yeah. I think you've got enough covered there. Yeah. You've got a you got enough there to keep you busy for a while. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's basically all I'm going to do over the next year. I think while I kind of 
not attending tournaments and not painting and stuff is um, I'm just going to build through all of my models. So I'm uh, I can clear some. I can clear space from boxes of sprues and just replace it with uh, trays of built grey models and then I think I can at least start playing with the armies um, grey and then kind of decide, okay, yeah, this is what I want to use and then I can just paint stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that's kind of hobby progress. Um, do you want to have a quick break there and then we can talk about some of the events we've been to recently, namely the Teams event that me and you got to play in together? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Cool, let's have a quick break and we'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Hey. <laughs> so, doubles. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's always so awkward. Every every podcast, and we're back. Everyone, There's always someone's going to fuck it up or be weird, and it's just this awkward silence. Everyone laughs. <laughs> back, back once again like the Renegade Master. I'll make that joke again. Yeah. I'll just I'll, I'll just do some different and we're back. I'll just play some like I'll find some sound bites that talk about being back and I'll put them in. <laughs> like maybe we'll come into back streets back. All right. <laughs> yes, well uh if I rem- um, if I remember sure. that if I remember that's what you'll have just heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so we we went to um Grand Alliance 18 recently. That was uh, about three weeks ago now, three or four weeks maybe. Yeah, about that. Um, at time of recording. Um, but, um, yeah, that was over at the Company of Dice um, Club Meet, the monthly there over at um, Padstar RSL. And um, Anthony Bagro, the coach, had um, put his hand up to organise what started off as just like a just a casual event and it just blossomed into like a – how many players was it? It was like a 40, I think six, it was like 50, 48, 50 people, yeah. It was like a 50, potential <laughs> yeah. 50 person event. It was a, um, one, it was a one dayer. Um, one, yeah. Three games, but yeah, it was um, very well attended, so. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, trying to squeeze those three games in, um, unfortunately we didn't get to finish our games, but um, still had a lot of fun. Like we, uh, we were sort of playing for the turn two win, I think, um, for our games there, but. Um, so what did, you had uh, a night haunt, a thousand point night haunt, and I had a, a thousand point legions of blood yeah. list. So we, with our with our powers combined, we we um everyone was playing uh, two thousand points. Uh, so what did you bring for that event, Chris? Yeah, so um, there was no painting requirement, so I kind of just thought, well, let's just go narrative. You've got death. I've just been building up all my night haunts, so I'll just bring a thousand point night haunt list. So I um brought a um kind of banshee heavy list um using the battalion that uses lots of myamorns basically because i have 24 myamorn banshees and i thought it'd be fun to use most of them even though it was only a thousand points um (laughs) it's a bit of a tax at a thousand points to take that many so anthony had said it's just a fun event kind of don't bring super hard lists i think most people did not get that memo but um I very, I very much did just bring a not kind of competitive list. Um, so I brought basically a Tomb Banshee as my general, Ken Wraith, 10 Chain Rasps, 10 Chain Rasps as my battle line, and then the Shrieker Host. So I had a unit of 12 Myamorns, a unit of 8 Myamorns, and then the two minimum fives of Dreadside Harridans, and that was 990. So um, had 
both my characters had items so that we could score, but obviously they were only little four-wound heroes, and I only had minimum battle lines, so I wasn't doing hordes and hordes and hordes of stuff. Um, didn't have any, yeah. didn't have any endless spells in there for the banshees, and I purpose purposely didn't take any way of bringing models back. So like, I didn't take the guardian of souls to just bring banshees back and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was. If the Myamons could kind of get into something, especially if they've been able to unbind a spell, then potentially they could do a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they didn't really, <laughs> to be honest, they didn't really perform. Um, I don't think the Battalion really gave any benefit. I certainly wouldn't take it again at that low points level, but I do think just the 12s of Myamons are very useful, but for a different... I'd use them differently now than I thought I would in hindsight so yeah. i kind of uh yeah we can talk about it later but um yeah that was basically the list i brought yeah that's uh well that's you brought the uh non-bringing back models list but um <laughs> i had uh legions of blood so i had James the grave sites <laughs> did not get that memo <laughs> but i you know i had 40 zombies so yeah that's not a competitive choice i had 40 skeletons very which, competitive is, choice. which is probably the more <laughs> but i just take them anyway like i yeah, took them true. before they were cool you know like and then um hipsters uh, hipster skeletons hipster skeletons uh that just reminds me i saw off this a little bit off topic i saw a um something on facebook today or twitter i think it was it was a just a snapshot of a single skeleton with a spear and the guy had modeled that. it with a cigar in its mouth yeah it just like holding his own against a massive bloodthirster oh it was such a good photo it was like it. zoomed in it was like a boss <laughs> like holding yeah. holding this bloodthirster from charging yeah it was funny yeah. oh that's good but um yes yeah, so I, I digress but uh yes they had a coven throne which I love bringing the Coven Throne. Um, I've brought her to other, you know, the first Cancon. I brought her along for that as well. Um, I love the model, but also I think her rules sort of gotten a lot better in uh, recent times as well, especially with her tactical insight, um, command ability, the reroll ones to hit, to wound, and saves. I think it's very strong. Put it's on a, the right yeah, unit. That's amazing. I mean, that's that's um, the demonic power spell for yeah. a sorcerer lord, and they cost 160 points on their own, basically <clears throat> just for that spell, which isn't guaranteed. Whereas <coughs> Hers is a command point, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's um, so it's I I like her for that as well. But yes, yeah, you can re-roll one dice roll of her choice. So I could uh, throughout the throughout the game. Um, she just has weight of attacks as well. Like there's no rend or anything like that. But she can do mortal wounds from the spirits. Um, handmaidens got like eight attacks each, and she's got a stiletto and and a, and a bite and stuff. So. She, she can get a little bit of work done, and she's she can tank it up as well. So I put the Ethereal Amulet on her and gave her the Aura of Dark Majesty, which made her minus one to hit. Um, so she was just a tank um, and providing that support that she needed to do. And I've got – I think I had a Necromancer in there as well from I memory. You, you had two Necromancers. Two Necromancers, that's right. So, yeah, they're for the Overwhelming Dread and Fading Vigor spells. And I think I put Spirit – Gale on her, or uh, Vile Transference, I can't remember which one, but didn't really get that much legs out of the spells. Um, but, yeah, that was my list, basically. Just I provided the meat shields, you provided all the manoeuvrability and... Um, yeah, the ability and to the, pop up. Yeah, and to block out, um, you know, teleport shenanigans from behind yeah. our lines and things like that. So I think that's what probably the most useful thing those um, uh, those uh, Haridans were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, they were our lists. Um, like I said, they were on the more 
not really they weren't built to kind of be super strong lists to, to kill anything we got hardly any kill points i think across, across, much, yeah. across, <laughs> across the three games i mean we did only get through two turns in every single game which was common every single opponent we spoke to as well in between games said yeah we've only played kind of two turns which i think to be fair to anthony he had done a poll beforehand saying would yeah. people rather do two games that you've got more time or three games that will be a bit pressed and i personally voted for two games but and everyone we spoke to said yeah they would prefer two games but the winner of the poll was three games so anthony did the right thing and we played three games um and yeah it was they were all still fun but yeah they were a bit kind of one-sided and basically one to be honest it was basically just the fact that the the one good thing the battalion did do for me was it lowered our drops massively. So oh, yeah. Yeah. we outdropped everyone, which yeah. meant which meant that we could basically just go first every single game and basically just get on objectives and then and hold, you, yeah. you you would charge them with either forty skeletons or forty zombies and basically just tie up all their stuff, let them use all of their attacks, lock all their shooting down. Sure, they kill the. They just about kill all the zombies. We wouldn't bother about using a command point to kind of make them immune to battle shock. We'd just, just take them off. We'd just let them lock yeah. let them lock everything up. They'd spend their turn not being able to move because they were locked up. All their shooting would have to go into finishing either the skellies or the zombies, which they'd do. But then it was our turn, and we just spent a command point and brought them all back. <laughs> brought them all back. Yeah. Again. So um, <laughs> that was pretty that was disgusting. That was pretty much <laughs> the summary of all three games, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, game one we played Sam and Nathan, both using Stormcast. Um, like yep. n- Sam was using more of the Vanguard stuff, like he had a unit of six long strikes and stuff like that. And then Nathan had kind of the new stuff, so the uh, Sequiturs and some Drax. Uh, no, not Dracoline Cav, but he had um, uh, a Lord Arcanum on Dracoline and Sequitur. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I yep. think they had some ballistas and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so we played them in three places of power and, yeah, basically went first. And I, I think you put a Necromancer on one, you put your Coven Throne on the middle, and I put a Cairnwraith on the other. And then yep. bas- basically just, yeah, you charged, I think, popped up and charged them with 40 zombies. Yeah, just the zombies went across and just did what we just discussed then, just held them up and then they cleared them away and then, yeah, we just brought them back and did the yeah. same thing again. And by the time we'd gotten through the second turn, it was it. Time was up, yeah. unfortunately. I, so I just, yeah. pop, I just popped up my Banshees kind of right in the back corner because I don't know if it was a trap or not, but Nathan had left, like, a space for, for my uh, my Mons and my Banshee to pop up in the corner and go for his general so that's um, right <laughs> they popped up and although they didn't make the charge they were then kind of a threat and um they couldn't ignore them and they kind of just even though there were only 12 wounds and sam did everything he could with shooting his six long strikes at them the whole time he didn't get any mortals and that's where the kind of four up ethereal really just proved its value it just made his rend useless and i kept rolling a four up save so i think i only lost like one a turn um or two a turn maybe out of the 12 so they just stuck around and slowly ate their way through the long strikes. And yeah, that was basically it. Like we say, it was two turns and we were on the objectives. So yeah. Thanks for the game guys. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good fun though. Um, it's good to see, good to see um, Sam again. I'd seen him for a while and I got to meet Nathan for the first time. So that was uh, probably the best thing. Yeah, no, it was cool. It's good to see Sam back on the tables and stuff. So hopefully yeah. he'll kind of have a full army ready for CanCon. So, um, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, 
So then we got paired off into Keith and Jeff, which was so we Night Haunts. we were we were Nighthaunt and Legion of Blood, and they were Nighthaunt and Legions and Nagash. Yeah. So it was pretty close to a mirror match, um, but they had I'd say more honed lists. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they had uh, a unit of so thirty Grimgast Reapers, a unit of thirty Grimgast, unit of fifteen Blade Geist Revenants, um, yeah. and then a unit of ten Black Knights, two tens of Grave Guard, um, yeah, right. Vampire mm. Lords, stuff like yeah. So um, and yeah, Guardian of Souls, so they could bring stuff back and yeah. But we, uh, again, this was better part of Valor this time. And um, we kind of set up and said, I said, right, well, I've got the Pendant of the Fell Wind. We're only 18 inches apart on this objective. Um, the Pendant gives me plus three move. Um, so those Maya Morns can move 11. So I was like, well, it's a seven inch charge. And if I put a character near them, then I can re-roll it. Let's just put them on one side. Because on one flank, they'd only put like 10 Graveguard in range of one of the objectives. So I thought, well, if I just put my 12 Maya Morns on the table, if I can make the charge, I think I can clear them out and um, basically just burn that objective. And yeah. uh, we said we wouldn't bother defending like my right hand, our right hand objective, because we just didn't have the bodies to spread out as much. So we thought, yeah. let's not bother. Um, and then I'll pop up my eight and some cha 10 Chain Rasps to kind of threaten one of their objectives that only had... It didn't have a lot on it. I think it had like 10 Chain Rasps and a Guardian of Souls or something. So, um, yeah, and that's basically what we did. Made the charge. That was the one game where the Mayamons did go in and do the work. I think because you... I think maybe we got double piling on them. So, um... Did I get the Tactical Insight on them as well? Yeah, that's it. I think we Tactical yeah. Insight and, yeah, double piling and, um got them in and they managed to kill off the 10 grave guard um which yeah. meant that we were able to burn that objective we burnt our back right one so we were two points up and then although we didn't make the charge on their their other objective that wasn't that heavily guarded it meant they couldn't ignore it they didn't want to just burn it because we'd already burnt one of theirs um but they were like well eight Maya Morns and my 10 chain rasps will beat their 10 chain rasps so they brought up, which is what we were hoping, is they brought up the 15 Blade Geists over there in their back corner rather than coming to threaten ours, because I think they'd have gone through ours, but they, yeah. they didn't want to give up their own, so they just brought the Blade Geists on over there, made the charge on a 10, um, and just decimated me. But then they were the other side of the board, so we could just ignore them because they weren't quick enough to come and threaten our objectives. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the um, Coven Throne just held her own against some Graveguard for a couple of turns before we had to, That's had right. to call she, it. She went into the Graveguard and... She was just tanking them, pinned, pretty much. <laughs> she, she pinned the edge of the Grimgast Reapers because they're rubbish against her. Cause yeah, they kept on piling in towards her. Mm. They're minus one to hit because of the yeah. command trait you'd given her and she's not five or more models so they didn't get rerolls so they're hitting on fives and no rerolls. Yeah, it just kind of nerfed them a bit, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so she just... And then I think you put the minus one attack spell on them and oh that's right yeah we got and we got it off twice i think so i was, I was put it onto the uh grave, grave guard, guard and well. and onto the onto the um grimgast reapers so yeah death at its best there just yeah. um and then we basically <laughs> make everything else shit <laughs> even though they had two and we had two we were just like well we're two points ahead from the first turn from burning so even if mm. we stalemate and you burn your two and we burn our two like we're already we'll two, points, up. two points yeah. up so yeah that was that game um and then yeah. The final game. Do you want to talk through this one? So final game was against um, another two Nighthaunt lists. Yes, yeah, so it's Kyle and Ken. 
Kyle and Ken, that's right. And um, these two guys are uh, fairly new players, um, they were saying, and uh, I think it's like their, like their second or their third game of Age of Sigma. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one thing that was a bit strange, is I, I don't, yeah. I have to say, I have no idea how Anthony did the matchups. I think they must have just been completely random, because we won <clears> all of our games. Like, we had won our first two games, and we got paired up into Carl and Ken, and they'd lost both their first two games, so they were kind of a bit like, oh. What are we doing here? So then, why, <laughs> why are we playing mm. you guys? Like, we thought we'd play someone else that had lost two games and might have a chance, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, like you say, they were they were new players, but they told us that at the start, which was really good. So we kind of yeah like t- explained everything we were doing and kind of why and like like so I popped up to zone out because they again they had very strong they were double nighthorn and had very strong yeah lists, so they guys kind of, and grimgasts and lots yeah. of chain rasps and yeah it was just they were good lists really yeah honed. I think <laughs> they had like what six spirit hosts yeah. Tw- 40 chain rasps, 20 blade guys. They were, they were in a position, gusts. like, at the end of the second turn, I think we were looking into a pretty sorry position, I think, by the end of that second turn, because um, there was just this swarm of grim gasps and blade guys about to just chomp its way across the table, and we kind of, it's unfortunate we had to call it. But I think it would have been interesting to see how that game played out in the end. We might have it, still been able to swing yeah, it. but I mean, um, it, it still would have taken them a few turns to come back because you'd managed to get that good charge onto their back objective with the yeah um, with the zombies, the zombies and outnumber yep. and this was border war so that yeah, t- yeah. that turn we scored a good chunk of points and it would have taken yeah. them a while to claw back but um yeah but, but yeah again we just got into a strong position which is what you what you do if you go first and you can pop up so yep. we kind of just popped up zoned out all of the objectives yeah. from, from them popping up and we kind of formed like a it looked like on the board we face. had the zombies like <laughs> doing one eye on the on the right and the <laughs> skeletons doing the the left eye, you know, like yeah. two eyes, and then the carbon throne in the middle was like she was like the nose kind of thing, and then you had all your night haunts sort of in the back a bit, like there's the big grin, evil grin. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. Um, but I just but love yeah. seeing the zombies just kind of just sort of, you know, meander across the table and just like they just make this like stupid charge and get in and just take the back ob- back objective. Yeah. It was. Um, I just love when the zombies just do stuff like that. Just, I, I, know, still think, so. I still think they're really good. Like sixty of them as well. Like threes and threes. Like yeah. If you get double, oh, they're still a great get, unit. If you can get double pile in, and then you can like put the vampire lord or something commandability on them to give them an extra attack. I think they're actually very yeah. good. Um, and they're but, just yeah. like I love the um, <laughs> I love the idea of them being able to transform other models into zombies too. There's always that chance you might <laughs> get a few models back. Yeah. Uh, so, I think um, it's one of my favourite parts. So, yeah, we ended up with three major victories. Not a lot of kill points, but, um, yeah, three major wins, which was cool. Nice. How many actual kill points did we get? It was like I 500 no points. Idea. I didn't even write them down, but probably about 500. <laughs> it was nothing. It was like, yeah, yeah like, well, out of all the teams. Playing, especially playing against death, because we basically yeah. didn't, we hardly, hardly wiped any units. I think I fully killed the Black Knights, and I fully killed, like, the 10 Grave Guard against the death guys but i don't think even, we killed any of the stormcast so, even so we didn't kill any yeah it's only like 400 points i don't think we got really any of the stormcast like you say um and i'm pretty sure we got zero kill points actually against kyle and ken yeah we didn't kill a single unit so yeah but on kyle, kyle and ken <laughs> um, but yeah um but no it was fun we um we didn't position anywhere because obviously the the way that the matchups were done meaning that 
the people that had won all the games didn't necessarily play other people that won their games meant i think there was quite a few teams that had three major wins yeah um, it was heaps yeah. and obviously we had no kill points so um yeah we didn't get one of the unholy alliance or holy alliance awards that anthony had done but to be honest i'd i'd actually forgotten it was a tournament bunny ears yeah it was never intended to be i had just turned throat. up as a game day to just <laughs> yeah. play some games with you and then i was like oh there's like a player pack and like yeah. <laughs> this is there's a lot of people here okay but um yeah it was it was quite funny yeah it was good it's um but that just shows it's a that's a good indication where the game's at these days there's lots of people who are just keen to play get amongst yeah. it and you were just happy to roll to see if you turned stuff into more zombies yeah exactly okay so a few times <laughs> with with thought of zombies should we take another quick break and then we'll come back and talk masters sure and we're back okay this is taking a weird turn <laughs> i'm not quite sure what that was um just excited to be back yeah you know yeah but yeah i think i think if i remember to do this you'll have just come into zombie by the cranberries um <laughs> so yeah time. there was um, there was one thing james what you wanted to oh, yeah. mention oh yeah um, in at the uh, event also um there was favorite army votings and i won one of the runner-up for the favorite army so hip hip hooray thank you yes i, I was not expecting that at all like i just yeah, it was. I just threw an army together, and um, but yeah, it was lucky to get um, voted for. Oh. So thank you to all the people who did vote for me, and congratulations to all the winners um, on the day. It wasn't luck. Everything you paint is very nice, so you can throw an army together from any of your models, and it will always look very nice. Oh, stop it. Um, but yeah, let's talk Masters 2018. <laughs> so by now, everyone will already know what happened. So. There's going to be another little soundbite here, which is going to be, oops, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I potatoed again against Dave Kerr. So, Tated. Yes. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd been talking to Clint before the event and saying, like, my list's strong. I think I can. I think I've got the tools to win unless I potato. And I, it will be basically be a case of how many types of potato does Chris do over the weekend <laughs> of how many losses I would get. So as it turned out, one type of potato. You'll which, have to um, model a, a Lariel-sized potato. Yeah, maybe. I'll do a little potato garden on her base. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yes, so um, congrats when we just kick off straight away congrats to dave he is the master again back to back which is a pretty big achievement and to be fair to him i think it's the right person this year given that he got he had an auto invitation but he well and truly earned his place there with a perfect 300 going into the event anyway so um yeah well deserved and uh yes uh gutted obviously i had the tools to deal with him and i completely derped and played the game completely wrong but alas I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> you've had a, you've had a, a, a good week and a half I'm, to kind of recover. Yeah, recover now. <laughs> I was a bit gutted, but at the same time, like it's fine. Um, oh man, like you've, more um, more just gutted 
because I know I won't be there next year. And if I had won it, I would have just had that guaranteed invite, which would have been awesome. But um, just taking the foot off the pedal a bit. Yeah, but um, nah, it was good. I'm I'm just happy with my performance at least to have been able to at least kind of earn my way there to be playing for the title on the last game. So um, and you've been there two years in a row as well, and you've been in the top three two years in a row. So it's Dave Kerr, Matt Campbell, and yourself. Um, in yeah. one order or another um, in the last two years. Yeah. So, yeah, which is, it's nothing to sniff at. <laughs> which is pretty cool, actually. Like, it's it's quite a cool kind of sign, I think. Of, uh, You're the man. You're the man, Chris. Of, I'm one of the one of the men. <laughs> not not the man. That is Dave's title, and I shall not, I shall not take it from him, unfortunately. Um, Until next year. But, no, it was fun, and it was, um, it was awesome to kind of be able to have a live stream like to be able to play and like yeah as as horrible as it was some weird form of sadistic torture when i got home from masters and kind of had finally unpacked all the boards and all my stuff and all the heat and the terrain i kind of put my feet up on the couch put twitch on on the big tv <laughs> and then just it. started watching the games back <laughs> so um, oh chris yeah i can't get enough yeah, that's no, why was, you're at the top, was, man. That's was, why you're always at the top. You just can't get enough of that stuff. I was just keen to see like what the chat had been saying during the game because obviously we didn't oh, yeah. have, we didn't have any <laughs> oversight to that and um and, and also, me being a dickhead on this going where are the trees? <laughs> Show me the trees. Yeah, where are in, the trees? And then, the then Travis is like um. We've talked about this. Yeah. Look at the trees. People can't see the models. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll shut up now. <laughs> that was the thing as well. Was like when they were like, okay, don't don't put the trees on. I was like, okay, fine. But I want it known that I want to play with the trees and that I have them. And so that when people oh. moan at me for not playing with the trees in the chat, and then I look back and I'm like, the only person moaning is you. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. I'm just there. taking the piss anyway. Oh. Um but no, it you're was, ruining my immersion. Okay, this it, is my experience. It was really cool um, that they did it, and um, just yeah, the fact that I think that's just going to happen more and more now, and um, it just makes everyone really involved and gets more awareness of our scene. And it was yeah. a great showcase of Travis's kind of tables and terrain, and um, and oh, stuff, they and looked stuff, fantastic. Stuff like like that, I, so. I came down on the first day just to. Um, just to hang out, and also uh, Josh Marr had um, borrowed most of his army, like from my collection. So um, I brought that down in the morning and just used it as an excuse to hang around and be a bit of a pest for the day. Um, mm. But just take lots of photos, and um, yeah, the the vibe was great. Everyone was into it. The tables looked fantastic. The armies were beautiful. Um, it was just really exciting just to see it all in action, especially with the the live streaming and with Anthony and Travis um, uh, commentating. Just seeing it all in action was really in, in, inspirational. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Um, I just pretty much just stood around and watched the games and um, was talking to Clint and Dennis and just started getting on the beers with Dennis pretty much. Um, <laughs> we ended in a bit of a, a fine state at the end of the day. I think I skipped the dinner. I uh, went home, <laughs> sort of white and injured, <laughs> probably for the best. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, I came, came back for the for following day just in time for the presentations. So. Yeah, it's good to um good to see all that too. So, well done everyone who uh, was involved, and thank you to um all those who supported it. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'll do I'll do a quick run through my games. I'm not going to go into full kind of detail like I normally do. I promise. Um, <laughs> just just to more kind we of missed out the um chess clock. Talk, <laughs> talk a little bit and um <laughs> yeah, just kind of give credit to my opponents and and stuff like that, and just kind of explain my my master's journey and the armies I had to play because I played five very different armies through 
through the course of the weekend and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was quite cool. So um, I kicked off playing who the stats said should have won all of Masters based on the army, Daughters of Cain. So the one Daughters army there, Jesse Perkins, Mary himself, I will be your Pippin. He will know what that means. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he had Daughters of Cain, but he, he had Hagnar, obviously, but he had a Temple Nest, which is something a bit different. But um, yeah, I kind of looked at his list and I thought, I, this is okay with me it's not got a huge amount of bodies and then because i think i looked at it the first time and i didn't see 30 witch elves i think i just saw 20 witch elves and was like oh okay and then when i looked back at it i was like oh no he's got 30 witch elves and i was like and he's got two tens of combat snakes he's got like two hags plus he didn't have the slaughter queen on the cauldron he had a hag queen on the cauldron which i actually think more and more is a better choice because you get that extra witch brew um and it's 30 points cheaper because you don't get the witch brew with the slaughter queen and to be honest most people i've seen haven't you don't really need the hero phase pile in um and then yeah he had the um bloodwreck shrine as the general so that had the five up um that was kind of giving off the five up hagnar save um and he he kind of we played in total commitment um and he split the army in half, basically, which works really well, actually, because he, he kind of put 10 snakes plus the Bloodwreck Shrine on one side, because he's like, well, that's pretty defensive, because that's all got the five up Hagnar save. And then he has the Cauldron plus 30 Witch Elves on the other side, so the Cauldron's buffing all its save and the Witch Elves save. So it's still fairly tanky, but also lots of bodies and lots of damage. And then kind of one Hag Queen plus 10 snakes in the middle. Yeah. Um, And yeah, he kind of just came forwards I, I would say ran at me but he didn't he he played a bit more cagey than i thought he would he also had the uh, obviously because the temple nest two fives of bow snakes which you don't normally see but you have to take them in the temple nest and i think that's where the list isn't as strong because they are attacks they aren't in the daughters of cain they're just not the optimal choice they should be harpies to be honest but that's where that's where the fat is in that list that needs to be cut to make it optimal i think but um yeah, they um they're useful for just sitting on objectives, but um I think the mistake he made on the on the right hand side, he sent the cauldron, the five bow snakes and the and the witch elves up. I'd put a tree there and I'd already kind of thought, okay, I'm gonna put a forest down fairly close to the edge of the board, but with a space to just put Durthu, so that he's next to a wood, but not with the wood blocking his line of sight, so I can still use him to shoot but the wood and the edge of the board should funnel his amount of models that he can get in contact with him. And then because I had the doppelganger cloak with Durthu, he can, he's always going to get to attack first and he can hopefully just kind of chomp through the witches and then deal with the cauldron and stuff later. And um, that's basically what I did, to be honest. I, I played it fairly cagey, had a Lariel at the back in the middle ready to counter charge stuff. Um, and yeah, Durthu was a boss in that game, killed 30 witch elves and a cauldron and five bow snakes on his own. Oh, which, nice. which cleared out the entire right flank um finally finally dirt through um living up to his name yeah it, <laughs> not, he, derp, not derp through the no, on that game <laughs> that game he was he was brilliant yeah. um and yeah at most he only took four wounds at any one point and then because he had the gift of guy ran and alaria's heal he just healed himself back up so he was basically damaged six every time <clears throat> every time he was hitting so yeah he yeah. went he went through the witch elves in two rounds of combat and then went through the cauldron in one i think um nice. and then i um i snuck i basically came down to um we were two two 
and then I won the priority turn two, but Jesse hadn't kind of been aggressive enough, and I so I pushed forwards because I didn't think he would kill me, and I knew he couldn't outnumber my objectives if I gave him the turn. But also, I needed him to come forwards a bit more because I knew with the cauldron and stuff like that, he would run forwards, and then he wouldn't have any models on his objective. So yeah. um, I gave him the turn saying, okay, you're going to come at me, which he did. He killed some stuff, sure, but it was just dryads. It didn't really matter. Um, and then he... So he only got the two, but then it let me um, kind of still get my two, but then I was able to teleport dryads in a line to a wood from the back edge and just sneak them to within six of his objective on the right-hand side that he'd he'd run away from, um, yep. which got me kind of three points plus my two, so I got a good lead there. And then um, he... I think pulled it back. Uh, he got mine on the third turn and one of his. So basically, the side that had the ten snakes and the bloodrack shrine that killed through me um, and was able to hold that side of the board. So I was I was kind of losing that side, but um, he also couldn't fully commit to it because he was trying to stop me from then teleporting dryads to that side. So yeah. I, I was able to kind of just put more teleport ten dryads back and outnumber him again to claim it back, and then I still held his, so I kind of ended up with another five. Um, mm. And I think on that turn I ended up... I shot off the Bloodwreck Shrine, I, I'd killed the Cauldron, I killed the 30 Witch Elves. Alarial had... That was the one, the cool thing. On my second turn, I went into the 10 Snakes in the middle. Alarial was on full health. She killed none of them, completely whiffed it, and then they hit her back, and... Uh, took her down to two wounds left and I was like oh thank god she survived but then I still had to attack and she even though her damage drops she still makes nine attacks and because he has the um, temple nest any hit roll of a one in against temple nest units in the combat phase you take a mortal wound back uh, yeah <laughs> and I was like oh no she's just gonna kill herself but hit with the five beetle attacks, didn't roll any ones. And I was like, yes! Um, <laughs> I think I ended up killing a, a snake or two, actually, even though it was only damage one. And then I was like, oh, no, I have to roll with the four hand attacks. I rolled <laughs> I rolled one one. So she, so she had one wound left. Um, uh... I killed a snake with it. And then it was my turn. And then I healed her back like eight wounds. So she went from only having one left to having like eight left, I think. And then proceeded to kill the entire unit of snakes with that the beetle attacks then got through and did the damage even though they weren't damage five they were like damage three or four but i got enough of them through and then she so she completely whiffed on full health and then after going all the way down to one and then healing back to <laughs> healing back to half health she then took off the entire unit so yeah it's a bit weird how she's so <laughs> so swingy like that but yeah that was the kind of uh that was the clinch moment i think because if she hadn't killed them then they definitely could have pushed and got my back objective on both sides which would have made it a bit closer but um yeah mm -hmm. yeah she came she came good and um got me the major win round one yeah well done congratulations <laughs> so yeah I was, and... I was pleased with that and it was a great game jesse's a really great guy to play and um yeah he kind of said he hadn't played the sylvaneth before so i I explained everything at the start of the game and said about the teleporting and always having to be nine away and being able to string out <clears> and stuff. But um, yeah, I kind of did it and then he just went, oh yeah, when I teleported the dryads over. And he was like, I will never make that mistake again. So um, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it was good to meet Jesse um, after hearing his name thrown around a fair bit with um, from um, from um, Berkey <laughs> and Trav, and also just in chats with um, with uh, the mayor of Dubbo, Matty Tyrrell. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's good to meet you, um, man. So we're looking forward to Border Wars next year. Hopefully throw some more dice with you there. Hopefully get to play. And also at CanCon, hopefully get a chance to play play some of you guys. <laughs> Why don't you grudge him? Grudge him round one? Grudge him? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to play some. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, there you go, Jesse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then round two, I was playing Tim McDivitt who I played last year. He was the other Vanguard wing player last year, and we had a very, very, <clears> t- very tight game last year, which was one point in it. Um, Vanguard wing on Vanguard wing, so that was interesting. Um, <laughs> this year he was running Legion of Sacrament. I think it was... It wasn't yeah. Russ, it wasn't Russ Veal's list, but it was pretty close. No. He had some Hex Wraiths in there, I remember. Yeah, oh, yeah, 15, a unit of 15 yeah. Hex Wraiths, and then I think he had like three fives... No, two fives of Wolves and a ten of Wolves. Um... And then Arcan and a Coven Throne. Um, so yeah, he had quite a lot of. Oh, and, yeah, he had the Coven Throne. He didn't have the Legion the, of Sacrament, did he? Yeah. Like the uh, sorry, the Lords of Sacrament. No, he didn't have Lords of Sacrament. But he had <clears throat> went. He had twenty or thirty Grimgast Reapers. I can't remember. I think thirty. Um, so we were playing in Escalation, um, which was interesting. I had to just look it up because I haven't played it in a while. Yeah, um, some old school scenario. But yeah, this was one of those ones where I was like, oh well. I'm Sylvaneth, so I have to go first to get board positioning and get my trees down. But you can't score until round two, so I didn't yeah. really didn't really want to commit much. Um, so yeah, I kind of put a wood near. It's one easy of to forget that as well. <laughs> I put a big my big wood in the middle of the board, and then I used the acorn to put one on the other side. And in this game, I double wand the casting. I think this is the only time it's actually I failed to bring out the wood from verdant blessing because i've got plus two to cast it and i normally try and find arcane as well um but yeah i double one the wood um so i couldn't actually bring three woods up and i was like oh okay a bit problematic but it was the one that he probably went for the least on that side so um but yeah i basically just put kind of 10 dryads in the forest in the middle to claim that objective with another 10 kind of lined up behind them ready to just provide more bodies um and yep. then I, I put Durthu and ten dryads on the left-hand side. So Durthu was basically stood on the objective next to a wood, ready mm-hmm. to ready to just hit anything that kind of tried, like the ten wolves basically that tried to come over and take it. He'd be there and the dryads would be there to add the numbers. Um, yeah. It's a tough scenario to kind of get your head around because the objectives are spaced so far apart. You really have to spread yourself out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously... I think it did help me though that the because heroes and behemoths have to be set up 24 inches back, um, so he it meant Arcan and the Coven Throne were quite far back. So it kind of helped if he wanted to hit me turn one with spells, he was going to have to expend a few command points um, to to extend all the ranges, and I don't think he wanted to turn one, so um, he didn't. Um, he did summon Geminids through the middle, um, and then I oh, want. Yeah. I won turn two priority and I kind of had to think about it a bit um, because he'd put the Geminids and they were going to go through both the Dryads but um, and he brought the Wolves up on one side and I just thought I kind of wanted to give it away but I I was in a position where Arcan was going to be able to try Curse of Years on Alarial or Durthu because oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he'd obviously flown up. 
but there was a big tower that I could actually hide Alarial behind to block Arkan's line of sight, and so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take the hit from the Geminids, and also it let me just move, have another chance of getting woods down where I'd missed it on the right, and then I moved the Dryads across, um, did a teleport to that wood and managed to roll a six, so they were able to move again, and that was my big unit of 30, so um, he'd moved his wolves up and I was able to kind of go in wrap all the wolves up, make contact with the edge of the hex wraiths as well, the big unit of 15, to kind of pin them, um, yeah. because I was worried about them coming in and charging me, but I was able to just tie them up. Um, the 30 dryads went through the 10 wolves and killed them exactly to the wound. Alarial, I flew up behind... <laughs> I flew Alarial up behind the tower, completely blocking off the line of sight to Arcan, and she was in a good position to be able to countercharge the next turn, um, because she's so fast. And um, I just took the turn to get the three points, and then Tim basically had to just give up on the right-hand side objective after I'd been able to take off all the 10 wolves with the 30 dryads and had another 10 dryads behind it. He just kind of gave up on it, mm. brought, brought the Grimgast and stuff across to deal with Durthu, um, and they basically just got stuck on Durthu because I was attacking first. I couldn't do any damage to them because they just he kept rolling four-up saves and ignoring my <laughs> rend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also they're not great at killing him because, again, I'm, I think I managed to stomp on them. So they were minus one to hit. So hitting on fives, no re-rolls. Um, and they just kind of got stuck. And he was like, oh, what can I do? Because I think he was like, I have to kill Durthu. I have to kill Durthu. And I was like, you don't because you're outnumbering me. So it's not a great position for me to be in either because, yes, you're not killing me. But you're going <clears> to <throat> win the points for this objective. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it kind of so it was three two, and then he got the priority turn three, and then um, he tried a curse of years. I think he got a curse of years off um, onto Durthu, but I don't think any it didn't do anything. Um, and then he tried it again. Oh no, he tried to do it on my big unit of thirty dryads. He rolled <laughs> ten dice and he didn't roll a single six. So I was oh, like, oh, okay, happens. Cool. That happens so often though. <laughs> um, and then he flew he flew Arcan to the far flank on the left hand side. So he'd be able to see Alarial and also kind of just go in and deal with the Dryads and stuff like that um, and kind of put him in a safe place where if I wanted to deal with him, I'd be running off into a corner, but he was still a threat where he was. Yeah. Um, so he put him over there and then he won the turn three priority and then tried to curse of years Alarial. He did one mortal wound and then he didn't <laughs> he didn't roll a five. So I was like, okay, she's got, <laughs> she's got away with that. Um, and then basically... That's, um, one he, thing I do... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, one thing I do, whenever I get a new set of dice, um, like of 10 dice, I'll, first thing I'll do with them is try and roll Curse of Years through, <laughs> and I'll keep rolling it until I get it through. That's how, how prove, that's how I prove my dice, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Keep, no, I've, do, I've done that a few times, to be fair. Yeah, does, yeah. Does, it pass the, does it pass the Curse of Dice? Uh, that's how we break them in. Years test. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then he basically... Brought more wolves in, brought the 15 hex wraiths into the middle um, to claim that one back. And he had the left-hand objective as well with all his Grimgast. So he was holding two. So I knew I had to... The right-hand objective was mine. And then the left-hand objective was his. I wasn't going to get through the 30 Grimgast. So I kind of knew, okay, this game is going to be decided on this middle objective. So um, I was able to use all the Dryads because he'd retreated. So the 30 Dryads moved up and then charged in to the side of all his hex rates because there was mm. space there was still space for me to get most of them within six of the objective yeah and then i still had the two kind of units of 10 they'd been whittled down the first turn by two models each i think from the geminids but after that 
they were actually fine, and because they're minus one to hit all the time, um, they actually did really good about and just Winterleaf like getting hit rolls of six plus, and then in my turn I can add plus one to hit, like making extra attacks. They just went through the dogs and the hex yeah. rates, and especially mm. the unit of thirty, and I was able to just outnumber him. I also counter charged in with a Larial and took off. I charged a Larial over the tower into his necromancer and the edge of the dogs. Um, didn't kill the necromancer. I think I put a couple of wounds on it, like three. Um, but importantly, the dogs didn't ignore Ren, so I thought, okay, that's a unit of ten that I can clear off with the beetle, and I killed the entire unit with her. And I yep. te- I teleported Durthu out from fighting the Grimgast because I knew he was slowly dying. He wasn't doing anything, so I teleported him out to um, the nine away, like near the middle wood, um, to just see if he could help out against the hex race because they fly. I thought I'd do a shooting attack, and then it basically just means he can slowly heal. But then I made the charge, and then I was I got the stomp off. So then the hex race <laughs> the hex race were minus two to hit my dryads, and Oof. because mm-hmm. he won the priority, I moved the geminids through his hex rates and made them minus one attack. Uh-huh. So so they were they were one attack each hitting on sixes. Yeah, <laughs> and they they just couldn't do any damage. And then my dry <laughs> my dryads and Alarial just killed through them and i just outnumbered him so i also got two on the third turn and then he got priority turn four but he couldn't he couldn't get enough bodies so he just got the one point and then again i got the two points and um so by the end of turn four we called it and i got that game seven to five so um yeah nicely done it was a really good game um i it was one i was worried about going into it i didn't get many good points i only got 300 and he got 900 um but yeah, no, I, was, and throwing I, was, there. <laughs> I was happy with how I played it um, in terms of knowing when to hold and when to concede something and knowing which objective was the one I had to fight over <clears> and stuff. So, um, nice. yes. And then my third game for day one was against Hayden Walker with his Deepkin. So I was a bit... I'd, this was at the, only the second time I was playing Deepkin after the uh, <laughs> big, the failure at the team's event to recognise which eels were which. Um, <laughs> But um, we were playing Duality of Death, and I was pretty happy with that scenario to be playing against Deepkin, because generally their heroes are quite squishy or they ambush, um, and I've got mm. Alarial and Durthu, and I can go first. So, yeah, I basically put Woods on both of the objectives, and I flew Alarial onto one, and I put Durthu onto the other, and then I wrapped I wrapped them in Dryads, um, and I also summoned a Tree Lord with Alarial's free summon just to be there ready in case or when she died to try and replace her um and yeah i got obviously went first and then i got priority turn two and turn three fortunately um which is what i needed because um i needed the priority turn two to keep Alarial alive because my god the deep kid hit hard Yes, they do. I've played them a couple of times as well. And if you're not, if you've never played them before or haven't played against them much, they will smack you in the face. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Alarial was pretty much fully bubble wrapped with waves of dryads, so that the eels couldn't get in. But because Hayden has the Royal Council, which he can pick units to give plus three move, he double tap. He used both his command points turn one to give plus six move to the eels, so the eels could go twenty inches. And there was like, <clears throat> there was literally space on the like right hand side for two eels so he charged the unit of six combat eels in got two into her and then th- one into the back of some of the dryads and three into the tree lord i'd summoned and volturnus also flew across the table and got into the tree lord 
and yeah, they unleashed their mortal wounds from the spears. I turned back time with Alarial for the cog, so she had a three up re rollable armor save and a massive screen of 20, 10, 30. I think she had about 60 dryads around her. <laughs> and yeah, like she went down to one, two wounds left, I think, after Hayden's first turn. Mm-hmm. And then just from two eels being in combat with her. Jeez. Like. It was oh, nu- Volturnus. That's nuts. <laughs> Volturnus completely killed the Tree Lord in full. I didn't stomp him, so he didn't. They didn't get any minuses to hit, but he just took the Tree Lord off easily, like it was nothing. Um, and yeah, the Dryads were getting cut down by the Ignore Ren deals. Um, I did a few damage to them. I killed two of the combat eels, maybe um, with Alarial, but. Yeah, Jesus, they hit hard. But I won the priority, so Elarial survived. She was able to heal um, and do some damage to kind of kill off some more of the um, combat eels. Um, but most importantly, score me some points. Um, yeah. And he wasn't going to be damaged. He wasn't damaged two with Ren 2 on the charge. So she was able to survive through my turn. And Durthu was fine, just sitting on the other side of the board. That was the thing. Hayden committed his entire army to get rid of Elarial. Yeah. Um, so Durthu could just sit there um, and clock up points. Um, so yeah, I scored two points and then I scored four points. And then I scored three points because Hayden killed Alarial on his second turn. Um, that was actually really cool. He <laughs> retreated out the two remaining combat eels from the space to charge Volturnus in. He, um, Alarial attacked Volturnus first. Um, I can't remember why... Order of Activations, I think he wanted to attack with his Thralls or something. like. Yeah, I think that's it. He brought his Thralls on and attacked Alarial at the bottom and pretty much pretty much killed her. I think she only had like two or three wounds left after the Thralls. So then I got to activate, so I thought, well, I might as well attack Volturnus because he's a hero. And <laughs> she's she's got her Talon of the Dwindling. So um, I just I attacked him. I managed to get one wound through with the Talon of the Dwindling through his three-up save. Um, and then he took her off. He killed her easily. No worries. So I was like, ah, well, he'll he'll immediately claim that objective if he survives the turn. And then we got to the end of the combat phase. And although she's dead, it doesn't matter if you've already done the wounds. You roll two dice. And if you roll above their wounds characteristic or two sixes, they die. And he's got eight wounds. So I was like, OK, so I roll two dice now. And if I roll a nine up, he dies. And then I rolled a nine. And <laughs> Vol- Vol- Volturnus just turned to dust, um, which was quite, which was quite cool. So he wasn't able to score that um, that turn, um, and he'd brought in his Eidolon and everything. But he brought up the Eidolon on the far left side as well to go into Alarial. And I said to him after the game, I think it was a mistake. I think he should have gone in the middle to be able to get over to Durthu quicker because I, it was overkill. Like he didn't, the Eidolon didn't attack Alarial. It wasn't needed there, in my opinion. Um, it was there to kind of give re-rolls for his thralls, but I still don't think they were needed because, yeah, Volturnus would have taken her off easily um, mm. with the thralls anyway. But, um, yeah, so then basically he just then took the next two turns flying across the board with his other eels, and by turn five he did actually come across and kill through my dryads and kill Durthu, even just with... Um, I think he took... Durthu down with the Ignore Rendeals, the four of them that were left, just weight of dice. 
just killed yeah. Durthu because he ignored my rend. I didn't manage to kill them when I attacked, and then yeah. I think <laughs> they just dragged him down. But um, And Hayden left a Tidecaster on the left-hand objective, so it was 2, 4, 3, 4 to me, and then Hayden got 1, 2, 3 on the last few turns. So it was... Um, yeah, it was 13 to 6 um, in terms of the score, so it wasn't it wasn't close, but he did table me. He got 2,340 kill points off me because he got all of my summon dryads, my tree lord. <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he completely tabled me, and I got 600 points. So, um, wow. yes, <laughs> Deepkin are a phenomenally powerful army. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was day one. And, then... and Hayden, Hayden's a good player too. Yeah, he, kn- he knows what he's doing with that army because yeah. they're definitely a finesse army because he doesn't just spam the eels. Um, so, yeah, no, he um, he knows what that army can do, certainly. Um, so, yeah, that was quite cool. Um, so, yeah, I was on three major wins. Pretty pleased. Um, and I'd, <laughs> yeah, played basically the top three armies in the meta in terms of Daughters of Cain, Sacrament, and Deepkin. So, yeah, um, yeah it was a, not an easy run by any means. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how'd you was... feel? How'd you feel at the end of, like, were you tired or just just feeling no, was, feeling was, zonked or? I was pretty good. I was looking, world. I was looking forward to dinner. I was pretty pleased, and I was looking yeah. forward to dinner. And especially, I got told, um, Dennis and Clint came up to me and said, "Do you want to play on the stream in the morning?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome." Um, yeah. And then they said, um, like, who I was playing as well because I knew that at that point there were three of us on three major wins, which was Dave, Michael, Crichton, also with Sylvaneth, and me. But I didn't have any kill points, and they both had a bunch. So I knew yep. they, I knew they were table one, and they'd be playing each other. So I was like, oh, who, who am I going to be playing? And I was kind of hoping it would be chaos because I built Winterleaf to be really, really strong against chaos, and I hadn't played any chaos yet. Um, yeah. And then I got told I was playing Ash, and I was like, perfect, because Ash is who I wanted. I really didn't want Corn because the Bloodthirsters just completely ruined Sylvaneth. Um, so yeah, I was like, this is perfect because his spells need line of sight. I'd played Ash at Gods of War in game four, um, and basically just you just shut down the table to them um, with the woods, and it's a very hard matchup for them. Um, it's not it's not unwinnable at all, but it, it is a hard matchup. But they're chaos as well for me, which means I'd get all my rerolls. And generally, Zinch are really quite squishy. They're all five up saves, and hitting mm. on and generally hitting on fours. So <clears throat> dryads are amazing against them. um so yeah um i I was pretty pleased to know okay that's my game four like i feel pretty confident about that um so yeah um we went and had dinner we went over the road to this little thai place um that looked like it was completely there was probably about six tables it was tiny we were like oh there's no way we're going to be able to eat here but adam had kind of gone over and was speaking to them and then the woman just goes oh we've, we've got a courtyard and we're like, oh, okay. So we walked through the back, like down this little alleyway, like past the toilets and randomly down the back. And then there's this awesome courtyard with like three kind of big wooden like park bench type tables. Um, nobody out there, just us, but space for like 15, 20 of us. And we were like, nice. this is perfect. perfect. So we'll just yeah. go, we'll just go tell everyone. And yeah, we got a bunch of us. Um, so it was like me, Liam hayden ash joined a bit later and then it was kind of all the failed charge guys heralds um travis clint um adam and then the measured boys as well came along um 
and yeah, it was kind of BYO. So I think Jesse went off and found an off license and brought a box of Heineken back, and that was just really nice. Actually, it was like exactly what I wanted. Just good food, sitting out the back, outside, nice courtyard, and yeah, that was really nice. It was kind of the sort of evening I've been wanting after an event for a while, where we all just sit around and chat. And yeah, cool. Yeah, it was good to it was good to catch up, knowing that it's kind of going to be my last event for a while. So um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, so yeah, and then day four happened, and I had the shittest start to the morning ever. Day four. Sorry, day two. Game <laughs> game game four. Um, One game per day here. <laughs> and I knew I knew I was on the stream, so I was like, okay, I need to get there, but I didn't have the car that morning, so I, I checked and I was like, okay, I'll get the bus and I'll get the train in. Left plenty of time, and then my bus was like a few minutes late, which meant. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make the train I need to make to get there in good time. So I, but I legged it from the bus all the way through the train, <clears> just got to the platform, got on the train, was like, okay, right, I'll be fine. I'm like texting Clint saying, no, no, it's cool. I've made my train. I'll be fine. <laughs> we get to, we get to central and then it just stops and says, oh, due to signal failure, we're going to be delayed. <laughs> we're going to be delayed here. We have no indication of when we're going to be moving. And I was like, oh. Oh, shit. Go Sydney trains. So um, so yeah, I thought. Well, I, I sat there and I thought I can give this five minutes, but if it doesn't go in five, I'm gonna have to just get off this train and do like get an Uber or something because there's no way I'm gonna get there. Um, mm. yeah. so yeah, it, it wasn't going anywhere. So then I legged it off the train. I ran all the way through to the forecourt, and I was thinking like, oh, I need to get an Uber. And then I just went, oh, there's a taxi right there. So I literally just jumped into this taxi and was like, <laughs> Ashfield get me there as fast as you can <laughs> this taxi driver was amazing um he was like okay like, he was like yeah it's like indiana jones yeah like, pretty much jumping off horses on from on boats and but it was like every traffic light we'd come up to and it'd start turning amber and i was like oh because normally like there was plenty of time for them to break and he just put his foot down and i was like yes he just like kept going through like right on the point where it would turn red every time and i was like thank you so much how many um, um knife how many knife fights did you get into on the way oh uh, no it was fine it was fine <laughs> but um so yeah literally, had to defeat several enemies on the way in <laughs> so we we the taxi pulls up and it's like nine it's like nine fourteen and game one starts at nine fifteen and i normally like to be there before like registration starts um and knowing i was going to be on the stream i was like shit 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 i'll be ready to go it's fine it's fine i'll run in just start so i leg it inside and i'm like proper knack and i'm like okay okay i'm here let's go and then clint's just like oh don't worry other people aren't here yet we're not starting yet and i'm like Like, you could have texted me this but um but yeah so then i kind of just they were like just breathe take a few minutes so yeah i kind of (laughs) just took took a few minutes had some water calmed myself down a little bit um and then yeah got mic'd up and started chatting to ash and yeah travis just quickly ran us through kind of the live stream and um just explaining like oh yeah just kind of talk through what you're doing and and all that stuff and i have to say just being on the live stream was it's really good just for like tabletop kind of etiquette i mean both myself and ash we talk through what we're doing quite clearly anyway we always say okay this unit pointing at it saying it by its name is going to try and do this and then do it and go okay so it's targeting that unit so we're always saying the units by name and pointing anyway so we we didn't really have to change any of our behavior for it um and i think it was clear enough anyway but then we just kind of go over a few things and just clarify after things had happened just to make sure that like travis had picked it up so like 
if key things happen like i did 13 wounds to the lord of change so i just reiterate afterwards and said to travis like okay so in my shooting phase i've done 13 wounds to the lord of change so he's got one left yeah, yeah so you kind of got like a little channel to to the guys so they can yeah. keep tabs on what's going on yeah. so just kind of making those like what are the key things that have happened and just kind of just doing that little <clears throat> extra bit of talking and just summarizing it so that they could catch it for yeah. the commentary um but otherwise yeah it was really good it's just good for etiquette anyway like if somebody isn't used to doing that i think it would be really good for them because it would force them to do it and then i think once you're doing it you're like oh this is really good like you've both makes got the game very quicker you, yeah you've got an understanding <laughs> of what's happening and actions are really clear and stuff mm. so yeah so we didn't know what the scenario was going to be until right before and then clint says oh it's total conquest and that's exactly the scenario me and Ash had played in round four at Gods of War <laughs> with Dryer, <laughs> with um, my Sylvaneth, the, his Zinch. And basically we set up on either side of the table and I put my Wildwood down pretty much exactly where I'd put it in the game we had played at Gods of War. I won the roll off and I basically deployed exactly the same. I, oh. <laughs> I put so you guys had rehearsed. You'd, you'd rehearsed for the um for the live stream. Yeah. So everything would go smoothly. So literally, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, right up in this top corner, I'm going to put my branch race with the acorn of the ages because I can set that up and cover off that objective, and then I'm going to put my branch race that summons right in the back corner outside of your 42 inch unbind, so you can't unbind me if it goes off, which is exactly <laughs> what I'd done before. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was just all worked out like the space were in the same place in terms of where the terrain was and yeah so we kind of just went okay let's we're just going to do this game again but i think because of that i was a bit probably a bit complacent to be honest i i, I thought going into this this is a very strong matchup for me like i can go first from deployment i know i'm getting my woods down unless i roll a double one which i didn't so i was like i'm gonna have three woods down i know i can control my dryads are way stronger than they were like against um him when i had my dreadwood because i've got more dryads for a start and they're winter leaf so i was like my army is just better than the last one and yeah. that was a very strong game for me anyway so i think i was a bit complacent to be honest and i definitely didn't the first time we played i was much more cagey and i measured everything and like confirmed with ash i said okay so from this wizard here if he summoned it <coughs> If he summoned a Bailwind, it could be here. If he summoned a Portal, it could get to here. And I measured all that stuff out when I was setting things up, like woods and putting my models down. Whereas this game, I kind of... I measured some stuff, but not everything. And, um, yeah, it basically meant that <clears throat> I completely put Durthu... I wasn't trying to be aggressive with him as well. I was sort of putting him towards the back of the board, where I thought he'd basically be safe. Um, turns out he wasn't. Um, after Ash summoned a Bailwind with the Zangle Shaman. And then the main thing was as well, he got the portal the other side of my woods. Um, so he was able to use the Infernal Flame spell from the Gaunt Summoner on, and see my 30 Dryads. Um, it wasn't a huge issue because I think he did 13 Mortal Wounds and I saved one from a Mystical, but I had Do I had Durthu and a Branch Wraith in range to auto-pass their Battleshock. Obviously losing 12 dryads when you didn't need to was crap but mm -hmm. it was a unit of 30 so i still had 18 of them which is enough to hold that objective yep. and claw their way through but yeah he did his spells and was able to um put seven i think he put seven mortal wounds through to Durthu from the lord of, uh, from the zangle shaman um 
I foolishly set up my Colonel Thunters within range of his Lord of Change, so even though I shot it down to only having one wound left, he did Infernal Gateway, he shot it with his um, shooting attack and started just chipping away, and um, he then got the double turn, which he needed. If I'd got it, I would have healed up and just moved away and it all, everything would have been fine. Um, but yeah, he really needed it to kind of make a game, but it also really put me on the back foot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah. he, he, with that, he was able to kill Durthu with mortal wounds. I'd removed casualties from my dryads so that his portal couldn't see them. Like, I corrected my mistake with my casualty removal so he couldn't do it again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was able to kind of push up with his Zangor and his um, Ogroid, and he'd taken the objective that I'd taken off him, which obviously means he gets double points back. So he'd, I'd scored three on my first turn, and then he scored three on his first turn. But then he wasn't able to push through and take my two back objectives. So then he just got two again on his second turn. But then I was able to then... I'd seen where I'd put Alarial at the back of the board. There was a big space in between his woods and he didn't push into it enough. So I was able to just fly into that space and then make an easy like four or five inch charge onto his Zangor unit. And I'd seen that Alarial's base would just be within six of the objective. So if I wiped the Zangor with Alarial, then I would claim that objective. Which is yeah. what I did. I did, and I also charged in with dryads just to help boost up my numbers. He cleverly activated with some acolytes first to mean that his acolytes were closer than the Zangor, so I couldn't pile my dryads towards the objective. I had to pile them away. Um, but the dryads didn't really care. Alarial managed to kill all of the Zangor and take them off um, yeah. with with the battle shock, I think. And the dryads killed five of the unit of ten acolytes, who then battle shocked off the whole unit because that's the thing with Zeech actually all that mortal stuff has got really rubbish bravery it's like bravery 5 bravery 6 um, and it's all chaos with a 5 up save so my dryads just tore it to shreds um, he could not take my back objectives even just 10 dryads he sent 3 enlightened into them he wanted to activate second to get his rerolls so I just took the unit off 10 dryads 21 attacks with plus 1 to hit no not even plus 1 to hit because it was his turn they just completely killed the enlightened outright so it didn't matter um <laughs> and i think he realized he just didn't with the bodies that he had to come and take my objectives they just couldn't survive around a combat against the dryads um and yeah i was able to just push push up and kind of take all the objectives um and nice. get get the four points get the four points and then we called it i think at the end of turn three but um Elarial was just throwing her spear left right and center and t- second turn finished off the one wound from the Lord of Change. The next turn, I think she metamorphosed and then finished off the Zangle Shaman on the Bailwind with the spear, and then basically was just going to charge along the back line, heading towards the Gaunt Summoner and his other objective with the Ten Blue Horrors. Um, and she's so fast, she could just cross the board and just hit what she wanted to. Um, and yeah, Dryads were just going to hold all the objectives, and he just didn't have the bodies in the end. Um, so yeah, I got another major win um, and a fairly decent amount of kill points. I think I got about 1,500 that game. Um, and Ash got about 900, um, from mostly from Durthu nice. and Colonel Hunters and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. And that was a really good game. And I, I said to Ash, like, really well done in terms of how well he played. Like, he was definitely up against it, that scenario against my army. Mm-hmm. And he spotted the mistakes and he punished me for it. Um, so he pushed really hard and it made it an awesome game because otherwise it would have been quite one-sided to be honest um and he really made me have to play with Alarial and movement and it was really fun yeah. I, it was probably it was probably my favorite game um yeah 
um yeah ash or the game against jesse but um yeah i think it probably was my favorite game i loved it and being on the stream as well was really cool so people can go back and watch that if they want um so yeah and that meant dave was my opponent <laughs> for round five we're both going into yeah. it the, the only two people with four major wins so one of us was going to be the master yeah and I'd... Well, I'd kind of um i'd kind of woken up from my slumber by this stage and so um tuned into the stream from home for this one and yeah sam was here as well we're just like going yeah chris go chris yeah. <laughs> um, even sam was like checking in she was like so how's he going yeah. <laughs> i was like well <laughs> so um yeah so i had played dave in the first round at last year's Masters and completely messed up my first turn against him and basically given him the game. Um, so I was very nervous last year. Um, like I was sweating partly from the heat, but partly from nerves. And I was kind of, sh my hands were trembling a bit and I was questioning every decision I was making. <laughs> this year, genuinely, like I felt fine. I was like, nah, he's he's not in my head. I felt good about the game. Um, I wasn't questioning my decisions kind of as I was playing stuff um genuinely I was like nah I'm good but I think I just didn't take a minute to actually think before we started playing the game yeah I think I think we just went into it we got told the scenario and we just went okay cool set up for the scenario and then when we were all set up I didn't just kind of take a minute step back think about the scenario we're playing think about my army think about his army and go okay this is this is what you need to do for this game we just went into the back and forth of deployment and every single game my first three things of deployment have just been 10 dryads in the trees 10 dryads in the trees 10 dryads in the trees because i'm like ah ha ha i'm not putting anything on the table i'm not giving anything away i can bring those dryads down into the woods it's fine it doesn't affect me but i did that and then as i was putting my 30 dryads and then my characters onto the table i went I was then that's when I was looking at the table and realizing the spaces and where I needed to have models in terms of defending my objectives to hold them, but also for zoning. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to put woods down in all of these places. Mm. <laughs> and when you bring the dryads in from the trees, they have to, every model has to be within three of a wood. Yeah. So, so I was like, ah, oh, crap, I can't string out. And then if you go back and watch the game, you can see me when I'm placing Elarial. From that moment on, I'm going, I can't play this game optimally the way that I should have played this game. I'm now going to have to change and play comp like much differently. I'm going to have to play this game aggressively and go for yeah. him because of what I've done. I can't hold my objectives. Um, and that that was like a massive problem because after watching the game back and reading the chat, I could see a few people like LLV particularly was in the chat saying Chris didn't need to play the game this way. And I'm like, I know, um, <laughs> but I couldn't, I'd already deployed them off the table and I couldn't do anything about it. And I was just like, shit. And then that made me realize the strength of the forest folk battalion that I've taken because I'd never in any of my previous games needed to use it or thought about how you use it and then it was having that game and that situation where it's made me realize hang on when you play when you take forest folk you never ever deploy dryads in the trees you deploy everything on the table but you don't have to deploy them like where you would want them you just put them on your backboard edge 
it's it's essentially the same thing to your opponent as saying, oh, I'm just going to put these in the trees. You just put them on the backboard edge. They won't get in your way for deploying woods or anything like that. Um, but it gives you complete freedom because then in your hero phase, you're, you can do it at any point in your hero phase. You can then redeploy all of those units. And the key thing is it's anywhere within your territory or within three of a wildwood anywhere on the board. So what it would have let me do is just pick up the tens and literally just where I didn't have wildwoods in my territory, I could have just strung out the tens and made huge bubbles of just nine inch like nine inches away from the corners and the edges in the back and just completely zoned him and then used the 30 and strung across the board. Um, and basically I would have zoned the entire board up to his deployment zone. So mm-hmm. if, if he wanted to, de- if he wanted to deploy the ballistas, he could, but he would have had to have dropped them in his deployment zone. And then once he'd done that, the table was covered in woods. So he would struggle to draw line of sight anywhere. And I would have been able to just hold because he only had one teleport, which was the Vexilla. And yeah. the teleport has to be nine away. And I just, <clears throat> just at the start of the game, I just didn't take that minute to sit back and go, just zone him. But it was when I was, it was midway through deployment after I've already put the three units I needed in the trees that I realized, shit, I've screwed myself over here. Um, so then I had to think, how how can I play this? So... I uh, instead went for okay. I'm I'm not. I don't have the models to defend my two side objectives, so I'm not going to bother. I'm going to put one model within six at the end of my turn, and I'm going to burn both of them. And I'm going to just try and completely go for his two side objectives yeah. because his. I've completely wrapped my middle objective with more than an inch around two units of ten dryads, so he couldn't shoot it off with ballistas. Um, and I was like, well, I'm going to chuck a Lariel and some Dryads on one side and then like the 30 Dryads and stuff on the other side and just outnumber his bodies because he only had fives of Sequiturs on both sides. And yeah. then he had his 10 and then his six Drax were all in the middle. So I thought, turn one, if I can make this charge, a Lariel can probably kill the five Sequiturs, which she did, but not after they activated, the Sequiturs activated first and rolled very well given that they were re-rolling their saves but completely killed the 10 Dryads, even though they were minus one to hit, um, just outright, which meant even when I killed the five, his Vexilla was sitting at the back out of reach, but he was one model, and Alarial was one model. Yeah. So I couldn't outnumber him, so I couldn't burn it. And then on the left-hand side, the 30 Dryads failed their charge, um, even though I'd put Cogs up. Um, <laughs> I needed a seven, and I rolled a six. And unfortunately, I completely misplaced Durthu, and I just put him sort of in the middle of the board, off to the right and he should have been in the middle of the board off to the left because he only needed to be within 12 of that unit to give them the reroll charge um but what i was thinking is i'll put him in the way i don't want to commit him and take him outside of the woods because i didn't want dave's ballistas to come down and just shoot him off so i left him completely in the middle of a wood so he couldn't be shot but in a position where he'd be able to go to the middle objective so if dave wanted to run forward he'd run into Durthu and have to deal with him and knowing that i could attack first that was going to be an issue but i just put him on the wrong side and i i don't really know why i think when i was looking at the woods i just that wood went oh yeah there's the one inch all around that's where i can put him but then looking back at the live stream there was a, a wood literally on the other side basically exactly the same way he could yeah. he could have sat and then he would have been mm. able to let those dryads re-roll their charges and um a little bit of tunnel vision there <laughs> and yeah unfortunately mm. just mm. that that bit of that bit of pressure of having to suddenly 
of basically realizing halfway through your deployment that you've messed up to the point where you've lost yourself the easy solid strategy of how to play the game to go okay you've now got to do something different a bit more risky but it still should be still should be good i mean the scenario massively benefited me and my army generally was very good against his army it should be but um yeah a few dice rolls back i had some pretty like i'm not going to blame dice i i played it wrong um and when you have to play against it those dice rolls if there's one a little bit one way and one a little bit the other it just if you're relying on those dice going off that's where you lose games you just get punished yeah and um yeah like to be fair dave that scenario and matchup was against him and um yeah i i made the mistakes and he completely capitalized and did what he needed to do and um yeah he got the win and uh, <laughs> i potatoed so uh, i lost, <laughs> I remember, um, I, I lost those... again yeah well i remember those uh those dracolines were absolutely phenomenal yeah like they just anywhere anywhere they went they just took yeah. things off yeah. I, know, I know that throughout the event as well watch just sort of uh cruising around watching some of the games in the first day like definitely <laughs> it was quite evident that they were such they're such a cool unit they are great um yeah it was a it was a little bit gutting that Derthu didn't deal with them because yeah i got three through at ren two with his sword damage six and dave managed to save two of them on five up saves which oh, yeah. even <laughs> just even just one more having got killed because i shot one off it would have instead of there being four left there would have been three left and then given that Derthu died exactly to the wound from yes like, from, right. the, from the from the mortal wounds because he had five wounds left until dave rolled eight mm. dice needing four ups yeah um tactic <laughs> and that's the thing when i i made that decision in the second turn to charge the drax with Derthu, i'd done the math and gone they shouldn't kill him because their damage won with the mounts um and like i get to hit first i should kill a couple and then the more like i was like he shouldn't die and then like it was going to be if i got the priority or whatever then i could i'd moved up my branch rate to be able to be in range to regrow and Derthu could obviously regrow with the gift to go around so i was like okay well i'll then be able to regrow heal get him back up to d6 damage and he can't attack me until i attack him in which case i should probably take another one or two off um but no he just died and um (laughs) and and with that went well and truly kind of went my chances out the window with um him whiffing and um yeah that's all she wrote (laughs) well well done for getting to the grand final and for coming third yeah it's still a good performance and i am happy with it the first four games i played relatively well um yeah, stuff like stuff happens like it just yeah. happens sometimes like and yeah it's yeah. just the I nature mean, of the beast sometimes yeah. you know i just yeah it, it's taught me lessons i've learned completely now how to use use the forest folk battalion going forward like that army i, I will just be better with it um and yeah i i still had an awesome weekend like it was a really really yeah. good weekend i enjoyed all five of my games um it was what masters should be i think um and yeah, yeah. I, I had a great time and yeah thanks to everyone thank you to all five of my opponents for really great games um 
yeah, it was it was really good, and the tables looked amazing. Travis did so much work, not just on the terrain, but the stream, and just you looked around that event, and the amount of stuff that was from Travis is crazy. So yeah, the, yeah, he needs a huge he needs a huge amount of thanks from everybody. Um, yeah, and Anthony for giving up his entire weekend as well to um to, yeah to talk to for six hours straight commentating. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, and did so, a bang up job too. That's yeah, great. I'm I'm looking forward to going back and watching the other games as well, and it's just yeah. cool that the coverage is sitting there. So, yeah, that was Masters 2018. I moved from second to third, which is not the position I wanted to go to. I wanted to go up one, not down one, but um, oh well, it was uh, it was still good, and I'm still very pleased to have come top three two years in a row. Yeah, so. we'll see how you go. See how you go over the next year. Maybe we'll see you again on the on the next year. I. I very much doubt it. I'd have to sneak a few right at the end of the year, but I don't think I will be there. Yeah. We'll oh see. Well. There we go. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks uh, Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Um, and um, hope you all learned something from that. I certainly did. <laughs> Every time I listen to Chris um, talk about his, his uh, battles, I always get some good tips there. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Chris, and well done. And thanks to everyone who ran Masters, um, Clint and, and, the, and the team. Cool. Yeah, cool. Well, I think... Before we just close out the show, I think, is there anything else you just want to say? Any events you want to just quickly spruik, James, you might be heading to that people should check out? Um, yeah, well, it's just obviously CanCon. Um, everyone knows about everyone knows about CanCon, biggest event in the world at this point in time, 220 players. Uh, that's at the Australia Day Long Weekend next year. And um, after that, I've actually bought a ticket uh, for Border Wars down in um, Albury. So that's been run by... Uh, Adam, Bert, and um, Travis down there. So looking forward to catching up with all the guys down there. And that's on the 27th of April, I believe, 27th and 28th. Um, and so that's pretty much what I'm, what I'm gearing up for at the moment. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then after that will be 8th and 9th of June will be Sydney Slaughter. I am just waiting for final confirmation on the venue. Um, and then I will be pulling together player packs and everything like that and kind of start working on all the scenarios and yeah, yeah more cool. more details to come so stay tuned yeah and i'll be uh, i'll be around this year for uh to help you out with that too so <laughs> yeah awesome yeah i'm yeah. definitely going to need a few helpers so uh i think it's yeah. i think it's going to be 80 spots this year so uh looking to kind of expand it again and uh, yeah. we've got we've got a new venue which should be awesome so um yeah i will put details out as soon as the venue's confirmed um i've already got one international sponsor lined up so uh yeah, I'm hoping to make nice. it make it a great event again. So, um, cool. Well, I think that's it from me. Yeah, that's it for me too. And um, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, great to be back. Good to uh, see you all again. And uh, looking forward to catching up with you over the next uh, few months. Cool. So, till the next time, guys. See ya.